Hello and welcome to the Bar is Loaded podcast. I'm Amy Jarvie and the Bar is Loaded is a podcast all about powerlifting. The podcast will explore hot topics through thought-provoking conversations with coaches, sports psychologists, researchers, nutritionists and lifters of all levels. I hope you enjoy listening and that being part of the Bars Loaded community inspires you and supports your growth as an athlete in this amazing sport. and welcome to the Bar is Loaded podcast. Um, this is episode three. I can't believe we're already on episode three. Um, but I have a very special guest with me, actually probably my powerlifting idol, so I'll try not fangirl too much <laughs> on this episode. I've even styled my hair like you, Bobby. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, this... Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I've been embracing my like waves recently. Um, so this is Bobby Butters. I don't think she needs much of an introduction. Everybody knows who she is. Um, under 57 kilo European champion last year and also British champion this year. So um, a million accomplishments. I'm sure I could list many of them, but we'd be here all day. Um, and Bobby is joining us from Malta at the World Championships where she's just competed. So thank you for taking the time out to have a conversation with us today because sure you've got a busy schedule and lots of other lifters to to go out and support still um in the gb team who are, are doing amazing um but yeah do you want to just give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself and then i'll start a couple of quick fire questions just who you are and then maybe how you got into powerlifting would be amazing awesome yeah no problem yeah thank you very much for having me and it's a pleasure to be joining you on the podcast today so um so yeah obviously uh, as you've said my name is bobby butters i um have been competing in powerlifting now for 11 years um so quite some time so i started when i was literally when i was 17 my first competition um and it was a push-pull competition and i got into it very simply was I started doing my personal training qualification at college mm-hmm. and you have to like obviously learn how to lift, how to coach people, how to lift, etc. Um, and I deadlifted 100 kilos, first time I'd ever deadlifted. And then one of the tutors came up to me and was like, like, have you ever tried powerlifting? I didn't even know it was a sport. I'd done like, I've always done weightlifting since I was like really, really young. Like I'd done like resistance style training and stuff. And then that was it. Like three months later, I did my first competition. And then 11 years later, I'm here in Malta. So yeah, it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I think that's the thing. You tend to find a lot of powerlifters who get to this sort of level. They've done something in their youth or they've dabbled in lots of different sports. And then they suddenly kind of find, oh, my goodness, I'm really good at the strength training aspect of this. And then they get stuck right in. them. it's really, really interesting. But did you do many other sports when, when you were younger? Yeah, I did, actually. I, I kind of like to try everything. So, yeah, I did hockey for a long time. Um, I did um, netball, basketball, those kind of things and did rounders, badminton. Yeah, I did all sorts of different things. Hockey was my main one, probably, because I did those in tournaments at school. And then I did like um, sprinting and shot put for athletics um, at kind of a county level when I was really young. So, yeah, kind of a bit of everything, really. 
That's really cool. I think it's it's so funny. That's quite similar to me. I literally tried every sport under the sun. It's so funny. Like when I start lifting the, listing them, sometimes it just sounds so crazy. Like I did everything from ice skating to archery. Like honestly, so oh, that is diverse. Nice. <laughs> Very diverse. But um, but yeah, I think it's it's funny. I think when people get hooked on powerlifting, it does keep them. Um, it's quite an addictive sport sometimes. <laughs> Um, okay, so quick fire. Um, what is your favourite survival food for a cut? Favourite? Oh gosh, me. Favourite survival food for a cut. I must admit, like I do like a protein bar. I do enjoy. <laughs> gives you that like that like chocolate. You can pick the chocolate kind. Um, and like obviously it's like low low kind of volume food but it just hits that sweet spot but then you, you talk yeah. 20 grams of protein in as well so yeah that's quite I do enjoy the protein bar <laughs> yes what's your favorite because mine's is definitely the white chocolate pe- the peanut one for grenade but yeah what's your favorite protein bar I do like that one um so Optimum Nutrition have just brought out a salted caramel peanut one and it's got white uh, chocolate over it oh my gosh I've brought <laughs> one for my boyfriend I bought one for my boyfriend. I was like, why have I brought you that when I want to try it? <laughs> and that was really good. Um, so, yeah, that's quite a good one. And the caramel whip one as well. Oh, they're just so good. I melt them in the microwave oh as days. well. So it's like a dessert. Oh, my days. Yeah, they are really good. That's definitely that's, that's a good choice because I think, honestly, it's funny. I've, I've got a nutritionist at the moment, Leila um, Daniels, and it's so funny because she's, I'm always like, Leila, the only way I'll survive this is if you put chocolate in every single day. <laughs> so I've got like a little yeah. chocolate allowance. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> okay, a quick second one. So if you could sit down with any powerlifter for dinner and ask them a question, who would it be and what would you ask them? Oh, that's a great question. Oh my gosh. Uh, who would it be? Ah, oh my gosh. Mm. Oh, so many like come into my mind. Um, it's meant to be a quick fire. Right. My first person that came into my head was mm-hmm. Meg Shanmon. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry about that, I just had a call come up then. Um, so, yeah, Meg Scanlon is amazing um, and she is like a mom inspiration. So I eventually want to be a mom. So I would probably ask her questions related to how did you deal with the pregnancy whilst training? I'd, I'd love to delve into that and like her kind of recovery process. That's the first person that came into my head. And I love that like she's also quite like a fiery lifter. Um, like we, we relate to each other quite a lot um but there's so many amazing powerlifters that I'd like to sit down like I'm gutted that I'm missing the banquet this year um because oh. it's it's just amazing it's for a family event so it's like mm-hmm. it's a good thing but at the same <laughs> time like the banquet is amazing because you're just in this powerlifting bubble but yeah <laughs> yeah I think it's incredible to be surrounded by so many people that you admire as well and to be oh, fair yeah. like that's a really good choice like Meg because see I am like really hoping that Meg makes it to Sheffield because I want to meet her in person so bad um and if she did get to Sheffield I'd be down there (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, she is amazing. Like, I met her in person last year in South Africa for the first time, and she was so cute. She came up to me, and I was like, whoa, what the hell? She was like, oh, my God, it's Bobby. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Meg. <laughs> <laughs> she's incredible. And see, the fact that she's come back and won a world after having twins, it's just an incredible story. Um, and I think it gives us all hope people who do want to have kids uh, are, who are competitive in the sport because just shows you that you know being competitive doesn't end with having children you can definitely come back and make a big splash so it's very inspirational yeah for sure cool okay last one what has been your favorite comp to date oh dear um favorite comp I must admit, South Africa was pretty cool last year. That was really good. That was a good competition. I would say maybe my first ever international competition because I like it was really, really special, like feeling. So that would have been in 2011, 2011, 2018 in Lithuania. Um, and I had gone by myself. And yeah, I think because it was like the first time representing my country. Yeah, that's definitely a special moment. I can remember getting my GB singlet through the door and just like trying it on and like sobbing in my room and being like, I can't believe I did this. And that was like at a junior level, but it's still so special, you know, when you get to wear that singlet. Okay, um, so um, I know that you also do um, a PhD at the moment. You're studying for a PhD, and I see that a lot in your stories. You're the queen of the organised notebook, honestly. Um, <laughs> I wish I had productivity <laughs> notebooks like yours. Um, <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit more about that and um, what you're actually studying? Because I do believe it's kind of related to training and potentially applicable to people who powerlift as well. Yeah, so the title of my PhD is the effect, well, working title at this stage is the effects of the menstrual cycle phases on muscular strength. Um, so I'm looking at basically any kind of um, regularly menstruating female, so eumenoric female, um, that is, yeah, naturally menstruating um and resistance trains for strength so that's like a big factor so like, mm. they actually are trying to get stronger um uh so yeah so i'm literally in the very 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 initial stages i've just got my rpa approved um which is the research program approval so i've spent like the last six months writing that so basically i'm mm. going to i've basically laid out for the next six years what i've what I want to do, how I'm going to do it, etc. And I'm just going through the ethics process of my first phase um, of that research um, now. So hopefully um, in six years time, I might wow. be able to add the research that um, obviously over the six years, I'm hoping to get like this four different phases done. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, hopefully I'll be able to add to the research and try and unpick some of the some of the research that's out there and mm. add, and add to, it to try and build the story a bit more that's so interesting it was actually I was chatting with Layla my nutritionist last night about this because I was having a terrible session and messaged her and went could this be related to my menstrual cycle at all because I'm I'm kind of 
feeling terrible today and I think I'm two days out according to my app and she was just like yeah that's probably very likely that you're just feeling a bit rubbish because of because of all of that and it's it's funny how you know as female powerlifters we do very much have to take that into account with all of our, our training and when our comp's going to fall and what water cutting even there's so many different factors and even when you know like me last night having a really poor training session it does help to kind of take some of these external factors into account before you go into a bit of a negative headspace about how your training's going um but yeah it's really interesting stuff actually yeah definitely um it's yeah it's very mixed but one thing that is important is it's very individual and that's part of what what's good is that the research is is recognizing that it's individual and there's 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 more and more ways of like trying to divulge it help help the individual um try and take control over what it is that you know what how their training might affect their menstrual cycle etc um so yeah that's kind of without going too far into it because I could really go down a rabbit hole here we <laughs> talk this evening um so yeah like that's that's kind of what the research is looking at you know looking at the individual approach looking at the conversation so like the conversation that you had there Amy with your coach you know just actually saying you know could this be related that's like part of the process maybe it is affecting you on this particular menstrual cycle but then the next one it could be completely different yeah. but looking at the patterns and things that come with that is 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 helpful yeah it is it's, it's really interesting interesting because you do find it is very very individual some people have next to no pain some people have lots of pain um some people get loads of bloating some people don't have bloating at all like it's just so diverse so being able to mm -hmm. kind of generalize I think that's probably one of your biggest challenges is being able to draw conclusions that aren't oh and that's dependent on x y and z but I think that's part of the reason why we need so many different voices looking at it and kind of different perspectives so I definitely think it's a really valuable area to be kind of researching in so good on you thank you I, I'm I absolutely love researching on it and so and I can't wait to continue it to be fair amazing I can't wait to read it in what did you say six years time that's a long time <laughs> well hopefully there'll be research that comes out along the way I'm hoping good. to do that <laughs> as we go so yeah we'll see fingers crossed that'll be ideal yes so hopefully we can drip feed the papers through the six years and yeah, I can get to read them that's so exciting um yes okay so on to the kind of main topic I kind of like to discuss because I think one of the things we love about you Bobby is the fact that you are very um emotive on the platform right we love the fact that you're kind of really hyped and um, it just makes it such an amazing um lift your lifts amazing to watch um but I wonder as well that I kind of wanted to talk around the whole the whole kind of topic of nerves and powerlifting because personally I am a very nervous lifter and I know from conversations that we've had as well that you can definitely get very nervous and I think sometimes lifters panic and they think oh I'm not going to be able to be a good power lifter because I'm I'm so nervous and I'm not going to be able to perform but I do wonder if there's an extent to which we're often fighting with our nerves instead of trying to work alongside them a little bit so I was wondering if we could kind of talk a little bit in and around your experience of nerves 
and maybe some of the techniques that you use to allow yourself to get the best out of your performance when you are nervous. Okay, yeah. Oh gosh, this is this is a big topic um, for sure. So I'll try not to ramble because I'm very good at that. Um, so I'm always nervous, regardless of the competition. Um, as my coach would say, if I wasn't nervous, he would be concerned because um, mm -hmm. I am naturally a nervous lifter. You know, I get I get the whole butterflies, etc. And it is a matter of, in my opinion, and the way that I deal with it, is accepting that you're going to be nervous. It's mm. it's that you care about it's your body and mind's way of preparing for something that's about to happen and um, so, you know those butterfly feelings the kind of the shaking the, or whatever kind of it, it comes with you know those nerves and it's about learning I guess yeah how to how to use them how to control them and that sounds so arbitrary because that could mean so many different things to different people yeah. the thing that I try to do is is I try to control my breath first and foremost so like I can't let my heart rate like rise like too much because then that's I'm going past the, the point of arousal so to speak mm -hmm. and ironically when I get hyped my heart rate's more controlled and ah, um, okay and I I can't really explain it but it's the it's it's the the heavier that the weight goes so with every attempt I get more nervous and naturally I get more hype as a way of controlling the nerves mm. um and I talk to myself I use a lot of self-talk um I talk to myself in the third person like you probably heard me say like come on Bob like probably <laughs> um, like sometimes I don't actually know what comes out of my mouth like mm. it just sort of ends and and I I've the longer that I've done this for the more I just I let myself just express exactly how I'm feeling at that time um yeah so it's just a matter of finding I guess what works for you in in controlling those nerves um, and controlling your heart rate and things and yeah getting hyped is something that naturally just sort of comes um to myself yeah no that's really interesting in terms of like when you say about getting hyped because sometimes I think people think getting hyped is gonna make them more nervous and kind of take them into a state where they're not able to perform but I think it is it's that way of like focusing yourself on that goal and realizing you know I actually need to get my you know I'm I'm anxious because I'm about to do something really big and I need to focus all of my attention and all of my energy onto this one thing and you are actually almost like taking all of those nerves and those feelings and directing them onto that one specific moment um do you is was there ever can you give us an example of maybe a time where you have been incredibly nervous for a particular lift that you're doing and some walk us through like the techniques that maybe you've used and one where it's it's gone really really well um and kind of how that played out yeah yeah absolutely so typically like my best lift is my third attempt on competition day because it's yeah. typically when I'm the most nervous um so like so I have like I guess like a process if I really think about it so my coach will tell me when I'm five lifters out and then my mm -hmm. coach will tell me when I'm three lifters out that's when I decide right I'm going to stand up I'm going to start getting my wrist straps on or whatever it might be um mm -hmm. and start pacing around because I've just I, 
I don't sit still then because I'm like I'm like right okay we're getting ready now we need to move into the into the area where you're about to go into the platform um and then I I can see that there's two lifters in front of me and then there's me and then that's when the song goes on so I like whatever lift it is especially if it's a third attempt like there'll be a specific song and I listen to the words I get I'm really driven by words hence why I talk Mm. to myself and I shout things out because I'm kind of driven by that um so so I'll literally I'll I'll physically feel like the energy going through my body like I'll start I can like feel the adrenaline rising I actually Mm. call it like um I've called it for years my testosterone tub um (laughs) I by the third attempt because when you get hyped I've, I've learned this years later when after I started kind of like screaming when you when you actually kind of scream and, and you release that kind of energy it, it releases testosterone which helps you focus oh, wow. and it helps with it. um that is it's an actual psychological I didn't know this until as I say a few years after I started doing this and it actually supposedly releases testosterone um and the testosterone is helpful for focus for um obviously force production if you will um so I call it my testosterone by the time I get to my third attempt that testosterone tub is about to explode and then I can like feel it building feel it building and then I I wait to hear bar loaded and then that's Mm. it it's like the lid comes off and everything just gets blown out and I can feel like I'm so focused on the bar what I need to do get to the bar and the only thing that then matters is executing the lift and listening to the judge because they tell you when to lift um so yeah that's kind of I guess my general my general build-up um Mm. I hope that kind of makes sense (laughs) no that's so interesting the stuff about the testosterone tub I had no idea that that was the case that is really fascinating that you actually you genuinely like your brain is like actually more focused and and is making you stronger by it's it's funny because I, it's actually funny that you talked about Meg earlier because there was one point where you know how with Meg squats sometimes she just yells screams up in the middle of the squat you know like there was one point where I started oh, really? implementing that and it was so effective to get through my sticking point it's it's funny isn't it sometimes when you just actually use your voice just to to kind of almost I don't want to use the word manifest because well maybe it is manifesting I don't know um actually like completion of the lift and pushing through the hardest bit and actually getting that force um but yeah it's it's a really really effective technique definitely and it works for some people and it doesn't work for others yeah like Mm -hmm. if you feel like it comes I always say to people do what comes kind of naturally to you so if you feel like you know you need to kind of release it or you need to do something because you've got all this pent-up energy then then try Mm -hmm. to use it what happens yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think that you do come across very different types of lifter. Um, you get um, lifters who are incredibly rational. So my um, husband has recently started getting into powerlifting and I swear it's not because I forced him. He did actually do it of his own will. Um, he's, he's done his first um, actual Scottish powerlifting comp recently and he did one mock comp. But he's the complete opposite to me. He just walks about completely chilled, no music, 
And he actually wants silence almost for when he's lifting. He's just doesn't really like too much hype. Whereas I'm sitting there and I'm just as like I'm as nervous as him. And I'm the one hyping myself up for him just to cope with my own nerves. Yeah. Which is it's funny. Um, oh, I love that. <laughs> but you do definitely get those completely separate categories of lifter. And I mean, I don't think it's, you know, each of them are, are caring just as much about that particular lift. It's just the way that they express that. And I think it's funny because I think sometimes in the past I've kind of almost demonised my own temperament, which is much more of the very emotive lifter and seen it as something that tripped me up constantly I can remember even as a child going into my piano exams I used to hate them because they were performative in front of somebody and there was just somebody looking at me playing the piano and you know I always felt like my hands would tremble um and it was it was just so stressful and I was like oh no I'm gonna hit the wrong key um but it's funny because every single time I go into a powerlifting comp, the first thing that comes into my head is, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> and then... I love it. Why am I here? <laughs> but as soon as I do the first squat, that feeling's gone and I'm like in the zone. But sometimes it is, it's funny. It, it's a blessing and a curse, I think, sometimes being a nervous lifter. But perhaps it can also be your superpower where you kind of learn to work with it, Um, I think yeah definitely and that's and that's the thing and it comes with time um you know learning to work with it and learning how you best work with it I think is important to um to, to, to kind of consider and sometimes you know it might take a few attempts um and the nerves might not necessarily change mine certainly haven't in my 11 mm. years of competing I get just as nervous every single time um and it's a you know it's my body's way of preparing for what I'm about to do despite knowing exactly how it feels <laughs> yeah see in terms of like obviously when you're very nervous you can get a bit shaky maybe feel a little bit sick or your stomach's all churned up um how do you kind of is it mainly the breathing technique that you've kind of said that helps you set, you get some of those things under control so assuming you know if you're doing a particularly technical lift Sometimes some of those things aren't particularly helpful. I mean, we know we know we've seen it with Dylan where he's thrown up on a squat, but I don't know if that was all nerves or it wasn't just his terrible cut. But um, it was, um, th yeah, that he. I remember actually when he did that, like he told me like like a few moments because I was getting drug tested, and he went to the he walked past me, um, and he said that his stomach was quite bloated. Oh, and then okay. and then I, and then I found out that he'd been sick. So I was like, oh dear. Um I didn't really know that it had happened because he was lifting whilst I was being drug tested. I think that was right. I think that's I swear that's what happened. Um so yeah, I'm not sure if it was nerves, but yeah, that doesn't oh doesn't sound fun at all. Bless no. him. That happened to me. Like honestly, it's weird though. I think I've thrown up from nerves at a cop once, and when I did it. It was so it was weird because the next time when I went to do a comp and I got that nervous, I felt like I'd broken a barrier in my mind that I could actually be sick. And I like the second time I was like, I'm going to actually be sick again. And I felt myself actually at that point. And I had to literally say to my mind, I literally was like, stop it. Like, you're fine. Um, And actually use that. <laughs> I think the people, the handler thought I was mad because I was just talking to myself. <laughs> Um, yeah, you're preaching to the choir there. Like I, uh, yeah, I'm always talking to myself. 
um like you just do what what kind of works yeah for sure um but I've definitely felt I feel sick a lot um mm-hmm. for definitely when I'm training um even when I'm training actually yeah when mm-hmm. I'm training and competing I think that's the thing do you do you ever feel like just as nervous in training as you do competing or do you feel um like you're it's always heightened when you're competing more than training that's a really good question I can get just as nervous in training absolutely especially this cycle um I I deadlift I attempted a deadlift of 180 um which I've done mm-hmm. many times before and for whatever reason on that day it didn't happen and like I got it to my knees and my whole body was just like absolutely not three days later I was expecting to squat that weight and I was so nervous and then mm. a few days after then I then re-attempted well a week after that I then re-attempted the 180 both both of which moved really well um but I was absolutely I was petrified because I was like <laughs> I literally couldn't pick this up. I couldn't pick this up off the floor a few days ago and now I'm going to put it on my back like mm. what the hell um <laughs> So, like, I do get just as nervous sometimes in training, but it's my, I see it as my fuel. Like, yes. it, like when I'm nervous, it really does fuel me to, mm. to, to really try, like, because it, my whole body is in it. Like, my whole mm. body, my whole mind in the lift. Um, so, so, yeah, I definitely get just as nervous, which is, I think, is helpful because then it's a, it's a state that, I'm used to I do yes. think I don't know if it does it's a really good question though I don't know if it does get height in the competition because I, I don't notice the crowd mm. I don't watch the competition or anything like that so I feel like it's sometimes similar to be honest that's really good though because it feels like almost like a training ground for the real thing it's almost like I always find that as well if you've done a lift and in training and you've executed it really well it's so much easier to then go to competition and be like I felt the same and lifting the same weight it's it's not going to be any different that there might be some people watching but like I'm not even going to notice them it will be like tunnel vision um so I think it does help a lot um for sure because weights weights weight no matter where it is and who it's in front of like you're either going to lift it or you're not (laughs) this is true steel doesn't care (laughs) yeah yeah literally literally so so yeah like just being able to focus on what you can control and that is the barbell wherever it is on your on your human or if it's on the floor you can only control that so execute it the way that you know how and just focus on that yeah definitely and I think that's where it helps to just kind of I always remind myself when I get very very nervous about something it's like I've literally done this for reps and reps and reps over months potentially years it's the same thing like I've literally spent all of this time doing exactly the same movement I've just got to do it one more time in front of three people and then they'll they'll hopefully all give me white lights fingers crossed um (laughs) hopefully so we always want those white lights we do it was actually funny I messaged so Will I don't know if you've seen Will and Claire out um I know that well yeah so Will's Will's actually repping I think he's repping today I'm not sure but um I was having I was I've never competed under the new bench rule um and I've adapted my bench a tiny bit but I'm quite lucky I've got very very long arms um but I had this wonky elbow and I'd sent it to Claire a few days ago and she was like oh 
I'm not too sure from like a center ref perspective if you'd get that because you're right elbow. And I tried to do a few adaptions last night and said to overturn, she was like, me and Will would give that at your IPF approved now. And I was like, can I get my certificate? <laughs> Love it, love it. <laughs> I was like, that's good enough for me. You're out at the World Championships, that'll do. <laughs> Thank you very much. You can't get much better than that one. <laughs> you can. Um, so that's made me feel a lot better about that. But um, yeah, so see, I was going to ask about, do you ever do any things like heavy walkouts or things like that to kind of help prep your mind for lifting heavier weight? Or how do you prep your mind for lifting weight that you've never lifted before? Uh, I like this question. Yeah, like, no, I've never really done heavy walkouts. And I get I, I get more fueled if there's a weight on the bar that I've never done before. Because I'm, yeah. like, I'm just like, right, let's see if we can lift it then. Um, yeah, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's never thrown me if I've got a weight on the bar that I've never done before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, let's, let's go. That's, that's when peak nerves peak hype peak yeah. let's get let's get done yeah <laughs> yeah because I guess that's where, where you're like this is what it's all for right you know it's it's like extra um excited yeah. because you know you're going for something you've never touched before um yeah absolutely like when when I attempted the 186 yesterday I was like like yeah this is like this is what we've came here for we're gonna yeah, give this, this a crack. Here. yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It may not have been the way that I wanted, and I may not have got it. However, um, <laughs> the attempt was there. The hype was the same. It wasn't meant to be. Exactly. Next time, though, Bobby, we'll get it next time. Next time, we're gonna be we're, we're gonna be in a much better form. <laughs> ne- next time, you'll get one ninety plus. I'm convinced. <laughs> well, that was the hope for this time. But again, these things these things don't always manifest the way that you foresee them so it's all good (laughs) (laughs) definitely these things happen and you can't have it your way all of the time (laughs) yeah you definitely can't (laughs) (laughs) um okay I've got a couple of questions that are ones that um listeners have actually sent in one was do you always have the same thoughts when you're going for a big lift oh I want to say yes, but I'm unsure. <laughs> I feel like I do. I feel like I um because it's a similar process each time. Um and I'm always encouraging myself, like, you know, the, the whole come on, Bob, let's let's go. Mm. And I'll just imagine the lift and go in and give myself the, the key cues. Um and how much do I want it? that's yeah very similar probably very similar thoughts for a big lift each time I think that's the thing as well you don't have a lot of space in your head when you're kind of going for a big lift to think lots of different thoughts or come up with new things it's usually just this is what my brain's going to because this is what works you know yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so you know there might be differences but no I can assume that it's it's pretty much the same the same kind of thing because it's just execute the lift the way you know how yeah exactly um somebody sent in a bit of a funny question because they're just asking how you've managed to get as jacked as you are <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
God. This question is hilarious. I get this so often. I've just been training for a long ass time. Like I've done resistance training. I've worked this out actually. I've I've done resistance training in some fashion, probably since I was eight years old. And wow. I turned and I turned 28 last year. So that's 20 years worth of some form of external resistance moving through like my body's moving like so yeah i've been doing it a long last time sorry go on i, I was just gonna, gonna say i'm also <laughs> <laughs> go on right you go then i'll go <laughs> i was just gonna say to yourself who asked that question yourself you're just gonna have to power lift for another 20 years buddy <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All what I was gonna say was I'm five foot nothing too, so it just looks bigger than it probably is. <laughs> I don't think if that's true because the veins and the muscles like on you when you were benching yesterday, I was just like, goodness sake, this woman is a tank. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's funny. It's actually something I was I was chatting with with my coach uh, Shara recently. I, she was actually using you as an example. She was like, "We just need to get you really big and strong. Just look at the best lifters in your class. They're all jacked like Bobby Butters." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You're definitely well, the I, gold I, standard. I love it that's that's brilliant again it's just <laughs> been doing it a long time like I've also like done like the first ever barbell movement I ever did was an overhead press so uh -huh. like I've done a lot I've done a lot of variations over the years and I've done uh, yeah I've done I've done a, a fair amount of reps in my time <laughs> <laughs> There's no shortcuts, unfortunately. You just have to get stronger and do lots of accessories. And also a shout out to James. James, you should do your accessories, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. I don't, you know, you don't get jacked just from benching. You have to do all the accessories too. Because don't forget, the shoulder is the most movable joint in the body. Therefore, all movements should be catered to equally. There you go. You heard it from Bobby. Do your accessories and then you can get as jacked as her <laughs> after 20 years. <laughs> after 20 years, Danielle. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, what are your big goals, Bobby, between now and the end of the year? What do you want to do between now and the end you know of 2023? That, that is a really good question. So, you know, yes, it didn't didn't go to plan would be an underest or an understatement of the of the century um so i guess for me put up a put up a performance that i know i'm capable of um yeah. because i don't feel like i've been able to do that for whatever reason right now i can't really give reasons as to why that is um mm -hmm. But if I'm being perfectly honest, I've been chasing a 500 kilo total for a year, for a year. After Worlds last year, I was like, I could get a 500 kilo total at Euros. And then it's just, it's just never manifested in that. It, it kind of hurts, you know, that I feel like I've stalled and, and stuff. So for me, the next six months, 
on the prep to Euros or being well, hopefully I get selected, et cetera, et cetera, or being well is to is to kind of crack this a little bit and and make make the progress that I know I'm capable of and put up on the platform what I've been doing in training and things like that yeah. because I just feel like I've stalled and I want to, I really want to push through that. And mm-hmm. I might need to might need to change some things, might need to re-puzzle some things out. I don't know. But yeah, that that for me is a big thing. Just keep pushing. <laughs> I think like that's a big total for any female lifter, but 500 kilos for 57 is amazing and a big milestone. So it's definitely also good to have something that you could just is a goal like that that you can almost tunnel vision focus on um, and kind of work towards. Because I think that's the thing when when you've kind of got to the level that you're at, that you know, that bar is always moving up and up and up, and you're always chasing the next big thing. But it's good to just focus on, I know that I could do this. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to focus all of my attention and my energy to to achieving that. I I don't have any doubt you'll hit 500, Bobby, very soon. Thanks. Thank you very much. Well, I was hoping that this comp was going to be that day. However, that did not not go to plan. However, it's all good because it just fuels the fire, doesn't it? You know, it does. It does. It can get stronger from adversity because then you you learn how to deal with different things and you have to replan things or do things differently so yeah I mean just look at was it Pana yesterday obviously going from I think it was Euros that he put he bomb out on squat because of various things either depth or his um, stance being too bent over and you know he's come back from all of that which I'm sure was really tough you know I can't imagine how much that must sting uh, to bomb out of a competition like that um, and to come back and to win the 66 kilo championship and the 66 kilo class is amazing at the world championship so it just shows you sometimes adversity is what makes a lifter it's you kind of almost like when you face into it it just fuels that fire and it helps you to kind of chase the next thing and it's, it's funny I'll be interested to see how Leah does as well with everything she's been putting a lot of posts out there but this is her aggressive redemption yeah, arc yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely, absolutely that's the that's what I'll be watching tonight with Miss yep. Troy Naomi um yeah I'll be looking forward to watching that showdown um that was that's going to be really really fun to watch um and yeah it'll be good to good to see that and yeah that's kind of you know, when if ever I face with adversity, I've always come back stronger because, mm. like, I, you know, I might be sat moping around right now, but like, I'm already planning what I want to do over the next six months and got to meet with my coach and stuff. And sometimes you do just be like, right, okay, let's go back to drawing board. We need to change some things yeah. at different phases and just, just yeah, attack it. Yeah, sometimes that's actually what you need to be able to go, okay, this is a sign that we need to change something up instead of complete, um, keeping hitting, you know, the same, doing the same stuff and trying to expect a different result. And if you are kind of finding that your progress is stalling, sometimes it's the kind of sign, right, let's let's get stuck in here, let's change something, let's let's see. And in some ways it's quite an exciting phase because you get to see, um, you know, change something up, do something different and see the impact of that. So I can't wait. I honestly know that you're you're gonna hit 500 very soon, and I hope I'm there to see it. Hopefully in person. Imagine it was like I don't know. Actually, Euros. I won't be at Euros. Hopefully it'll be Euros, but I'm sure I'll get to see a 500 plus total in person at some point, Bobby, as well. 
Hopefully, hopefully. It would be it would be epic if I could do it at Euros this year. Yes. That would be I'd be I'd be ecstatic with that. I really would be. Um to to finally to finally hit that milestone that I've been that I've known that's there. Though mm-hmm. the total that I yesterday is not like representative of what I feel like I'm actually capable of hence why it kind of stings um I know that it's there and I don't normally say things like that and I don't normally chase numbers my entire Mm. lifting career I've never really chased numbers it's always been like oh you know let's see what's there on the day whereas I'm like no actually there's things that I know I'm capable of and I'm going to make damn straight sure that I'm going to get to them that's the attitude that we want to see though honestly um and I totally get at the same time there's the whole thing of yeah you want to just turn up and be like oh well I'm going to see what I can do on the day and in some ways you know that's that's a very healthy attitude to have but sometimes you do just need that razor sharp focus on a goal and just kind of tunnel vision to get to it and exactly and I think you've got the best thing which is the belief that you can do it like if you had doubts in your head that would be a different story but if you've cracked the mentality of it is this I can see myself with this total I know I'm capable of it then there's nothing that stands in your way really apart from a couple of tweaks to your training room so very exciting yeah yeah fingers crossed let's just keep moving forward yep um, okay, last quick question. So what key takeaway do you want our listeners to go away thinking about to do with how they can improve their performance on the day if they're a nervous lifter? Oh, um, sheesh, that's a big question. So one key takeaway. I think accepting nerves potentially mm. is, so you see a lot of lifters, they start to get worried if they're nervous. And I would say embrace them. And even if you're not really sure what that looks like right now, accept Mm -hmm. they are going to be there. Um, If you care about something and if you are trying to prepare to do the best you can in that thing, you know, it's very likely your body and mind are going to be preparing for what you're going to do. Therefore, you're going to feel you're going to feel those nerves, um, accepting that they're there and focusing on the things that you can control to make make it happen is what I would probably say to people. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's great. No, I think that's such an important kind of point to end on because um, we spend so much of our time kind of trying to squish those nerves down or maybe pretend that we're not quite as an emotional lifter and be more rational but sometimes your emotions are your are your friends and they're the things that drive you and um, push you to do big things so as we can definitely see from you and I'm sure we'll only continue to see in the future as well Bobby so best of luck for everything and we'll be watching at Euros when it comes up I'll be glued to my screen um, but thank you very much for for taking the time today we really appreciate it no thank you very much for having me on really appreciate it you're welcome right see you later guys bye I really hope you enjoyed that episode of the Bar is Loaded podcast. If you did, please like it, download it, and feel free to give our podcast a rating as well. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at bar is loaded underscore podcasts. Hopefully, see you next time.